Well, it's Good Friday and Easter is Sunday. 2,000 years ago or so, Jesus was dying on that cross for us. We believe for us. I believe after earlier in my life, I actually went through a phase of atheism and a phase of alcoholism and uh, a lot of other negativisms until I realized that he is real and wants the best for each and every one of us. Started reading the Bible and then a lot of things changed. Not that long ago, actually. Seven, eight years ago was when my awakening started. And I'm so grateful and it is available to each and every person in the world. No matter what you've done, no matter what you've been through, it's there. He's waiting. It's kind of amazing. I'm not perfect, of course, and uh, still working on a lot, but this has made everything easier and everything better. Newsmax magazine, by the way, this month, an extraordinary edition, uh, new evidence emerges from the Shroud of Turin, the real face of Jesus. I just picked up my copy. Later in the show, we'll be joined by Paula White, the world-famous minister, and uh, sometimes they say that she is the minister to Donald Trump. And one more word about faith and Christianity and Easter. I know we can be pretty tough on people. I can be pretty tough on people. And here's how I think of it. I love everybody. I really do. I love everybody but that doesn't mean I have to like you, okay? It doesn't mean I have to agree with you. And I can, there are people I can't stand, but on some level I actually love. Does that make sense? I hope so. Um, because I got to address a couple of people I don't like, but deep down I love them. Uh, those three nuts down in Nashville. Um, they are state legislators in Tennessee. And instead of legislating, instead of building coalitions and doing the work of legislating, They just decided to take over the floor and yell and scream about what they wanted to yell and scream about. Grabbing a bullhorn, you can't do it. And they did. Uh, The first guy, Justin Pearson, he interrupted the proceedings of the House and started yelling into a bullhorn, joining the protesters who were up in the galley. This guy did the same thing. They were both expelled. Um, They try to fight it. It hasn't worked out for them. This one not expelled, uh, but she's really milking it big time. Take a look at this, please. So today we are brought to here where members are responding in the most extreme measure, not because of what we did, but because by breaking the quorum, we broke the glass of your false power for the world to see. You're not silencing my voice. You're silencing the voice of 70,000 Tennesseans. I've still got hope because I know we are still here and we will never quit. Uh, You didn't quit, but you did get fired. Okay, you got fired for breaking a rule that they had. You violated house rules and decorum and procedure. You know, they really formed a mob on the floor in a place where you're not supposed to have a mob. Think about it. In Washington, D.C., Outside agitators, yeah, they've been known to disrupt hearings. And they have that gavel thing and they yell and scream, but they got that gavel. And you can't protest when you're a member of that body. You can't shut it down. Uh, Listen to this legislator. I think a very thoughtful guy. We all saw the video of what he did. He and two other representatives effectively conducted a mutiny on March the 30th 
of 2023 in this very chamber. So not to expel him would simply invite him and his colleagues to continue to engage in mutiny on the House floor. Mutiny on the House floor. Well, you can't have it, but apparently because these two legislators that they kicked out were black, you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to give him special treatment. That's the message from just about everybody. We're going to begin with that intense fallout in Tennessee after those dramatic expulsions of two black Democratic lawmakers. Republican legislators in Tennessee voted yesterday to expel two black Democrats from the state house over their protests on the chamber floor. In Nashville, two black lawmakers expelled for joining student protests for gun safety. All right. Uh, everybody is obsessed with the race of these individuals. Uh, I think it's kind of irrelevant. And so many are saying it was dumb because they're black and it looks bad. I don't get that at all, do you? And it's becoming really intense. This is white Republicans trying to make an example of the black men who got out of place and spoke out and they don't like it, so this is what they're doing to them. Not even pretending they're not bigots. What were the it Republicans burns. in Tennessee hoping to accomplish here. They look horrible. Yesterday, it looked like a Jim Crow era trial where we saw two black men fighting for their careers, fighting for their reputations. They choose to expel two black members of that body and not the one white woman who stands accused. This is this says quite a bit. Oh, yeah. A lot of people are seizing on that. The white woman, she was uh, not expelled because she's white. All right. Well, you notice she's on the sidelines there. She never actually grabs the bullhorn. Uh, let's go through it. They all grabbed the bullhorn. Everybody who was actually kicked out, expelled. Uh, the other one grabs the bullhorn, expelled. She is kind of just standing there hanging around. But man, is she playing the race card now? I think it's pretty clear I'm a 60-year-old white woman, and they are two young black men. Yeah, way to stir the pot, huh? She actually apparently tried to distance herself from those guys during her defense. More on that later. Uh, I think what's happening here again, it's fun to protest. It's hard work to get anything done. Who remembers Schoolhouse Rock? Remember that poor little Bill? And all the stuff that they had to do to get that little guy in to make him into a law? I'm just a bill. Yes, I'm only a bill. And I got as far as Capitol Hill. Well, now I'm stuck in committee and I'll sit here and wait while a few key congressmen discuss and debate whether they should let me be a law. Pray that they will, but today I am still just a bill. Yeah, it's hard work. It's supposed to be being a legislator. Now it's just about making a scene, right? And getting Twitter followers and just making a spectacle out of yourself. Uh, it's a shortcut to fame, stardom, maybe even money. Now that they've been kicked out, are they in a better position to run for senator, governor? Who knows? We uh, we have slipped so far and the media again eating all of this up.
The two members, Justin Pearson, Justin Jones, are now stars across the country. What I will also say, though, Andrea, on a, on a bright note, is what this also did is shine a light on these two stars. What happened yesterday, all three of these individuals are now superstars. They are martyrs. I think they're jerks, actually. I think they're totally jerks. And they didn't want to do the hard work of legislating. Again, it's just fun to not work and yell and scream. By the way, have you noticed that protests that are Democrat-oriented, well, they're, they're viewed very positively. Now, watch this for a moment. Looks like they're overtaking a, uh, a capital, right? That's the Wisconsin state capital. But guess what? They're a bunch of liberals. It's a bunch of teachers from the teachers' union, and they were protesting Scott Walker at the time, and this thing was celebrated. But any time MAGA shows up, it's a threat to democracy. Remember during COVID when these, <laughs> when these people showed up very peacefully at the state capitol in Michigan, and they were branded as terrorists and insurrectionists? That's the double standard. It's, uh, it's quite a shame, isn't it? All right, but back to the Tennessee situation. You know what's happening here, right? You know why they're yelling and screaming so much, especially about guns? Because they don't want to talk about the transgender factor, which definitely played a part in last week's shooting. How do I know that? I know it because law enforcement said so on national television. This individual, this sad soul, went from this to this, then to this. How did that happen? Well, the transgender community does not want to talk about it. The police were willing to talk about it for a brief moment. And then who knows what kind of pressure came down on them. They said about they talked about it during a uh, press conference and we really haven't heard about it since. We certainly don't know anything about the manifesto. Mental illness, mental illness. They said she was emotionally disturbed and transitioning and all this stuff. Let's talk about that. No, we'll talk about guns, have the same old tired debate Guns are not going anywhere. The Second Amendment is forever. Um, the gender thing, that happened 20 minutes ago. What happened? Our society just totally flipped out about gender. And real people are paying a price. Like, do you know who Riley Gaines is? This person from the University of Kentucky, she already graduated, but in college, she was the fastest butterfly swimmer, the butterfly event. She was better at it than anybody in all of college history. And she lost to Leah Thomas. On March 17th of last year, my teammates and I were, and other female swimmers from universities around the country were forced to compete against a biological male named Leah Thomas. Um, Thomas was allowed to compete in the women's division after competing as a member of the University of Pennsylvania's men's swim team for three years. We watched on the side of the pool as Thomas won a national title in the 500-yard freestyle, beating out the most impressive and accomplished female athletes in the country, including Olympians and American record holders. Whereas just the year before, Thomas at best was ranking in the 400s in the men's category. The next day, Thomas and I raced in the 200 freestyle, which ended up in a tie. Um, we went the exact same time down to the hundredth of a second. Having only one trophy, the NCAA told me that I would go home empty-handed and this trophy would go to Thomas. And when I questioned this, the NCAA told me that Thomas had to hold it for photo purposes. I was shocked. I felt betrayed and belittled, reduced to a photo op. But my feelings didn't matter. What mattered to the NCAA were the feelings of a biological male. Hey, so she did lose to Leah Thomas. This whole 
Leah Thomas, remember? Leah Thomas, or what, what was his name first? Joe uh, became Leah, and then a champion swimmer on the, in the women's circle. And that's the moment, by the way, where he got the medal, and she just got to stand there. But he actually got the official victory. It's crazy. Uh, she continues. In 1972, Congress enacted Title IX to end unjust sex discrimination in all aspects of education, including college athletics. But by allowing Thomas to displace female athletes in the pool and on the podium, the NCAA intentionally and explicitly discriminated on the basis of sex. Although the NCAA claimed it acted in the name of inclusion, its policies in fact excluded female athletes. But that is not all. In addition to being forced to give up our awards, our titles, not opportunities, the NCAA forced female swimmers to share a locker room with Thomas, a 6'4", 22-year-old male who was fully intact with male genitalia. Let me be clear. We were not forewarned. We were not asked for our consent, and we did not give our consent. If nothing else, I hope you can truly see how this is a violation of our privacy and how some of us have felt uncomfortable, awkward, um, embarrassed and even traumatized by this experience. I know I don't speak for everyone. I, it's impossible to speak for everyone, but I can attest to the tears that were shed on that pool deck by these poor ninth and 17th place finishers who missed out on being named an All-American by one place. And I can attest to the extreme discomfort in the locker room when you turn around and there's a male watching you undress while exposing himself. Who could argue with that, huh? Who could argue with her? Apparently, Joe Biden, the Biden administration, congressional Democrats, corporate America, the military, um, her wishes would be at odds at, with all of those uh, people and institutions. Isn't that crazy? But she is a hero. And this speech, when went viral, well, she's been speaking out and she's invited occasionally to college campuses. Ooh. And uh, sometimes things get pretty hairy. <laughs> Yeah, they're yelling and screaming curse words at her. And it looks like it's unsafe being traumatized all over again. How is that a radical opinion? How is anything that she said radical? And look at how they're treating her. It's crazy, right? The headlines, by the way. Uh, Anti-Leah Thomas activists whisked away by police amid protest. Protest at San Francisco State University. It's a pretty insane moment, isn't it? That insanity in Nashville, remember, it's just to change the subject. They want to get away from the transgender stuff and back to guns. The futile discussion, the trite, overdone, already been there discussion about weapons. We're going to be joined by the Speaker of the Tennessee House in a little bit for some insight into what's happening. We'll be right back. So it's been really wild down there in uh, Nashville, Tennessee, at the state capitol. Look at this mayhem uh, outside the House chamber there. Uh, everyone's trying to change the subject, all right? Uh, they don't want to talk about transgender. They want to make it all about guns. But you've heard about the latest drama, right? Uh, three lawmakers went to, uh, well, they interrupted. They protested basically where they work. Imagine a member of Congress uh, taking out a bullhorn and yelling and screaming and stopping the proceedings. Well, that's what happened at the state 
Capitol, and two of them are, well, they're in trouble. They've been expelled, all right, officially expelled. Uh, that guy, Justin uh, and uh, Justin Jones and uh, Justin Pearson, they are expelled. What does it all mean? What happens next? We are joined, privileged to have Cameron Sexton. He is a speaker of the Tennessee House of Representatives. Sir, welcome to Newsmax. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you today? Terrific. Number one, they're expelled. Technically, what does that mean? Um, are they just, they're still state representatives, right? You can't take that away from them. Is it just that they can't come back into the chamber? Is this permanent? What does that mean that they've been expelled? Well, it means they're a former state representative, so they're no longer a member of the General Assembly as of last night um, at the time that they were expelled. Uh, our understanding is the county commissions may try to reappoint them. Um, we're waiting for that, um, and then we're going to go through another legal process about whether or not they have the authority to come back to the General Assembly this session. Now, after they did this, uh I don't know. Did you talk to him offline? Did, did you negotiate anything like, hey, if you apologize, you know, you did the wrong thing? Well, before I forget, before we get to that, we see him with the bullhorn. Can you take us through what they did, how they broke the rules? Yeah. Yeah. So you had three individuals who were trying to make it about the protests that were going on outside of the, the Capitol and outside the chamber, which it did not do. What you had was three individual members. They chose themselves to break the rules. No one forced them to break the rules. They chose themselves to come into the well where you speak from without being recognized. They chose to pull out the bullhorn. They chose to lead the balcony in protest. They chose to be disruptive on the House floor, and they chose to shut down session. That was all their choices. It's never happened in Tennessee's history. Uh, we went through the articles of expulsion because I think personally it rises to the level. And so I voted to expel all three of them. Yeah, you know, you think about it. We've seen people get heated uh, in the House, the House of Representatives in Washington, D.C., and sometimes you see protesters disrupt hearings, but I've never seen a lawmaker actually disrupt their own hearing like this. Um, by the way, they violated, to be clear, a rule, not a law. This was a, this was like, well, how would you describe it? Am I correct? Is it more of a rule than a law? It's not a law, but it's it, they violated their oath of office. And so when you take your oath of office, you uphold the Constitution of the state of Tennessee as well as the U.S. Constitution. The Constitution of the state of Tennessee says that you can be expelled for disruptive behavior, which is exactly what they exhibited on the floor. Thus, we took the articles uh, based on them disrupting, based on them not following the House rules, thinking that they're better than the House rules. And we thought it rose to the level of expulsion. And so that's what we ended up moving towards. But they violated their oath of office. Hey, by the way, like, I wonder why, because, I mean, they're legislators. They can legislate. They can their job kind of would enable them to get legislation. If they don't like assault weapons, they can take a stab at that. There are things they can actually do. So you were in the room, I take it. What were they? Were they just yelling and screaming, uh, badgering people? What were they what were they saying? No, they were chanting with the people in the balcony. They were doing different chants. They were talking to them about these people in this room. They're old. They're going to die one day. Then we'll be in charge. It's not going to be forever. They were talking to the people in the balcony like they were leading a protest that was out on the streets in a public place, which you cannot do inside because they disrespected the institution of the General Assembly. There's rules there. There's procedures there. There's processes there. They individually chose to break those 
rules that we voted on as a body before we started session. Now, there's a woman who was kind of involved. Uh, let's see. Gloria somebody. Uh, anyway, she's uh, she didn't have a bullhorn. And I feel like she was milking it. She was like <laughs> a prankster who didn't pull a prank was right there next to the pranksters. But here's how she characterized why. Well, she wasn't voted out. And here's why she says. I think it's pretty clear I'm a 60-year-old white woman, and they are two young black men. What's your response? Uh, she says it's racist, what you uh, gentlemen, what, what the members did to uh, those two members. What I will say, I'll go back and say those three individuals chose to break the law. We didn't ask them to or break the rule. We didn't ask them to. They chose. When she got up on the House floor, they all had due process. They all were before the body individually, she made the determination that when she was defending herself, she said, I did not do what those two did. I didn't have a bullhorn. I didn't yell and shout. I didn't pound the podium. I didn't sit on the podium. So I was different than they were. And so she distanced herself, even though she was part of the disruption. In my book, if you're part of the disruption and you willfully decide to go up there, no one made you do that then you should be expelled whether or not how active a participant you were. But it's interesting. She's uh, there was a distinction. She didn't have the bullhorn, but she, a white woman, is playing the race card. Huh? Who to who to thunk it? Um, all right. So, look, they're becoming martyrs now, as you know, and the media, they're trying to prop them up into superstars. This is, you know, these are they're going to run for governor next. Uh, you you gentlemen have helped them somehow. Uh, what do you think about that? And are you feeling heat right now? I think you did the right thing, oh, by the way, because you can't have a mo you can't have mob rule in government. You can't. Right. And that's what they pulled. So I do believe you did the right thing. What kind of heat, though, is coming down on you? Well, there's heat. I mean, the thing is, is they have people from California and Oregon and all these progressive liberals who believe in all this stuff trying to intimidate us and bully us. But Tennessee Republicans, for the most part, stood strong and said, this is not acceptable behavior in the state of Tennessee. The problem is you have the left, they try to push the envelope and Republicans and a lot of times will not stand back. Well, Tennessee stood firm and pushed back and said, this is unacceptable behavior. This will get you to expulsion. And that's what we did. Now, you know, whether or not they're martyrs, martyrs or not, that's, that's on them, but we did the right thing. But I will tell you, Representative Jones on the House floor called Dr. Kumar, who was who's a legal immigrant, been here for 51 years, went from poor to being a physician on the House floor during expulsion. He called Dr. Kumar a brown faced white supremacist. Which one which one said that? Representative Jones to Representative Kumar. Wow, that's uh, that's something else. Well, look, I think for these guys also, it's for them. It's fun to run around yelling at a bullhorn, you know, screaming and protesting. Getting legislation done is hard. We all remember Schoolhouse Rock. I played it in the earlier segment. You know, getting a bill passed is hard, and it's easier uh, to run around like a maniac. Well, uh, Speaker Sexton, thank you very much. Last thing, you said that their counties are convening to find a way to reappoint them. Is that, in your estimation, is that possible? Um, we'll see if they do that. I don't think that is possible. So it looks like we're going to we're going to go down that road. We're working with the AG and we'll see what they do. If they do reappoint them, then uh, we'll have a conversation about that as well. But I, I don't think they can. So we'll see what happens.
Speaker Cameron Sexton, Tennessee House of Representatives, and I'm so sorry, one more thing, this whole thing, yes, do you sir. think, as I agree, I have this theory, they're talking about guns so much in the state capitol because they don't want to talk about the transgender factor in last week's shooting, and law enforcement told us that that was one of the theories they were going on. You think that's what's happening here? Uh, who knows what's in their mind? You know, I mean, is it they just want the they want to take the, the eyesight off of the victims and, and what happened and put it on them. But what I can tell you is when they came off the House floor that day and they went to talk to their Democrat colleagues who forced them to come out of the well, they said, are we going to be arrested? So if you're having to ask that question, you know what you did was grossly wrong and deserves expulsion. Speaker Cameron Sexton, again, uh, from the Tennessee House of Representatives, we thank you. Good luck. And we'll be right back. Hey, guys, it's Carson for Gold Alliance. If you're concerned about how Washington's latest shenanigans may impact your financial future, this is an important message to hear because right now we have a stock market correction. We got high inflation, Fed rate hikes happening all the time. Some experts say a recession may sweep the nation, and folks who fail to prepare may face challenging times ahead, while gold owners may have a historic opportunity to grow richer. Now, if you'd like to learn a simple way you can diversify with gold before an economic downturn comes, if you'd like to put yourself on the road to financial peace of mind, the new 2023 Gold Guide from our friends at Gold Alliance can show you how. Here's what you got to do. Just go to www.freegoldguide.com slash Carson freegoldguide.com slash Carson, or you can write down this number 800-247-9236, 800-247-9236, or again, go to freegoldguide.com slash Carson. This is a circus. It's a national disgrace. And from my standpoint, as a black American, as far as I'm concerned, it is a high-tech lynching for uppity blacks. And it is a message that unless you kowtow to an old order, this is what will happen to you. You will be lynched, destroyed, caricatured by a committee of the U.S. US Senate rather than hung from a tree. So powerful. 32 years ago, Clarence Thomas, they're still coming after him. And it's an entire media establishment over what this time talked about this last night, this his friendship, his friendship with a guy he's known for 30 years. The man happens to be very wealthy. They're genuine friends. And occasionally they go fishing together. Right. Is this a scandalous picture? The, the group ProPublica is trying to say this is a scandal. It's insane. But boy, the media are running with it. Firestorm over Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas for accepting luxury travel around the world for more than 20 years paid for by a GOP donor. Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, who is at the center of yet another controversy. The backlash facing Justice Clarence Thomas is all about this new report alleging he secretly accepted lavish trips from a major Republican donor, donor raising questions about ethics and transparency on the court. 
Oh, wow. So shocking. So bogus. It's all bogus. You're allowed to have a friend, and you're allowed to have a friend who's rich. It happens all the time, especially in Washington, D.C., but the relationship between Mr. Crow and Justice Thomas is said to be genuine. They have shared values and beliefs. Take a look at them. This painting. Somehow this painting is considered controversial. It looks like a picture, but it's actually a painting. There's Justice Thomas with his friend, Mr. Crow, and also in the middle there is Mark. Mark Paoletta, who comes on Newsmax all the time. This was a painting set at their upstate New York uh, retreat, I guess. They have a big lodge up there, Mr. Crow does. Anyway, uh, Mark Paoletta, who's close to Justice Thomas, says that this is all, all perfectly appropriate. I'm just looking at the rules, right, that applied uh, all through these years, and that's the personal hospitality rule. Right, which I'll just read from the rule, okay, because I can read the English language and the left obviously can't. Personal hospitality need not be reported. Personal hospitality means extend, uh, extended for a non business purpose by one at the personal residence of that person or his family or on property or facility owned by that person or family. So that's pretty clear, Greg. And when you have that, that Justice Thomas did not have to report any of this, okay? And it shows you that the rule was just changed last month to what I, the critics will say. It's tightening up those th that language. OK, but until March, it was completely reasonable and the correct answer for Justice Thomas not to report these trips. How about that? Huh? Now, um how about the trips of almost everybody else in Washington, especially Democrat presidents like <laughs> Joe Biden? Where did he go during Christmas? Well, to some uh, rich person's uh, St. Croix villa. It goes on and on like this. He does it all the time. Uh, Maria Alwyn, he spent time in August of 2022 at her house. And oh, by the way, get this. <laughs> They're not friends. They actually leave the house to let Joe Biden uh, just have at it with his family. Uh, private equity billionaire David Rubenstein let Joe stay at his $20 million Nantucket home. David Rubenstein wasn't there. No friendship. Developer, this goes on all the time. Developer Richard Friedman's Martha Vineyard State there. How about the Obama? Where's the Obama? Yep. Democrat donor David Schultz. He went to his house all the time up there in Mar. Arthur's Vineyard, but they're trying to make a federal case out of it for Justice Clarence Thomas. And ooh, look at this. The extent and frequency of Crow's apparent gifts to Thomas have no known precedent in the modern history of the U.S. Supreme Court. Well, they only went looking at one guy, okay? <laughs> Why did they look at Biden? I mean, the way that language, huh? How about this? By accepting the trips, Thomas has broken longstanding norms for judges' conduct. Norms. Norms. All right. <laughs> According to whom? Oh, by the way, there are few restrictions on what gifts justices can accept. Yeah, it's about a 10,000 word story deep in the weeds in the fine print. It's like he's totally fine here. Oh, is this shocking to you? Crow's guests are served meals prepared by private chefs. You know, every time I go to McDonald's, technically speaking, it's a private chef. I didn't make it myself. It's somebody who works in the private sector. Uh, let's see. Soon after Crow met Thomas three decades ago, he began lavishing the justice with gifts, including a $19,000 Bible, a Bible that belonged to Frederick Douglass, which Thomas disclosed 
on the appropriate paperwork. You see what they're doing here? It's that's it's totally it's totally not cool. Oh, is this scandalous? Uh, take a look at this statue. It's uh, apparently at a school. There was a nun that Justice Thomas really, really liked, and they unveiled a statue for her. And Mr. Crow and Justice Thomas went there together on a private plane. Thomas and Crow traveled to his Catholic cemetery in a bucolic suburb of New York City. They were there for the unveiling of a bronze statue of the justice's beloved eighth grade teacher, a nun, according to Catholic Cemetery Magazine. Can I see that picture again? Think about it. Bill Clinton on the Lolita Express to Epstein Island, and they're hassling Justice Thomas for going to the... It's, uh, it's pretty wild, but they're trying to turn this into something, and they might. You know, this Sheldon Whitehouse, Democrat of Rhode Island, the most obnoxious senator uh, in the history of senators, perhaps. He was so vicious to Justice Kavanaugh. So he's tweeting about this left and right gleefully. We must have an investigation. Justice Thomas is in so much trouble. Well, this man, I'll just remind everybody, if you didn't know, is the member of an all-white beach club, which a lot of people believe is a racist beach club. He's been a member for years. He's been confronted about it. He's still a member. Back in 2017, you had expressed concerns about the membership of the all-white Bailey's Beach Club, said that you hoped it would become more diverse. Now, your family's been members. Your wife is one of the largest shareholders. Has there been any traction in that? Are there any minority members of the club now? I think the people who are running the place are still working on that, and I'm sorry it hasn't happened yet. Um, do you have concerns in 2021? I mean, obviously, it's been four years. You had remarks on the floor following the deaths of Breonna Taylor and George Floyd saying, you know, hoping to root out systemic racism in the country. Um, your thoughts on an elite, all-white, wealthy club, again, in this day and age, um, you know, should these clubs continue to exist? It's a long tradition in Rhode Island, and there are many of them. Uh, I think we just need to work our way through the issues. Thank you. Hey, Sheldon, is it a long tradition to exclude black people, people of color, from your snobby club? Can you believe this guy in that club is hassling Justice Thomas, right, for this moment, for going to a cemetery to honor a nun who had a tremendous impact on his life? Oh, it's not that. It's how he got there. Shut up. It's such a swamp. It is disgusting. Anyway, it's not going to stop Clarence Thomas. We'll be right back. You're on the go and need news now. No paywalls, no cable subscriptions. Just download the Newsmax app from your smartphone store. It's free. And watch Newsmax TV anytime, anywhere. We have that poll, and we'd love it if you'd participate. Text uh, the word or the name Trump to 39747. Trump to 39747. And we want to know, do you think this indictment was a legit indictment for a real crime or totally political? I've already voted. You know how I feel. Uh, We'd appreciate it, though, and uh, we'll share the results with the world. All right. So our horrible, catastrophic defeat in Afghanistan 
totally Joe Biden's fault. You heard yesterday he put out a ridiculous uh, CYA cover your you know what memo uh, to cover up their mistakes, their horrible mistakes. And they sent that guy out to spin, 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 spin. But they left out some crucial things and they left out some crucial statements like Joe Biden assuring America that any concerns we had about what was happening over there were nonsense. The Taliban is not the South, the North Vietnamese army. They're not, they're not remotely comparable in terms of capability. There's going to be no circumstance where you see people being lifted off the roof of a embassy in the, of the United States from Afghanistan. It is not at all comparable. Well, at that point, he knew America was in big trouble and it didn't seem like he was doing anything except urging people to lie, like the Afghan president uh, from a transcript. I need not tell you the perception that things aren't going well in terms of the fight against the Taliban. And there's a need, whether it is true or not, there is a need to project a different picture. That's Joe Biden to Afghan President Ghani urging him to lie, to misrepresent something. And Joe has done that all of his life, but now it has real, real serious consequences. And afterwards, of course, um, what do they do? We continue to lie and blame others. Your top military advisors warned against withdrawing on this timeline. They wanted you to keep about 2,500 troops. No, they didn't. It was split. That wasn't true. That wasn't true. They didn't tell you that they wanted troops to stay? No, not at, not in terms of whether we were going to get out in a time frame, all troops. They didn't argue against that. So no one, no one told your military advisors did not tell you, no, we should just keep 2,500 troops. It's been a stable situation for the last several years. We can do that. We can continue to do that. No, no one said that to me that I can recall. That I can recall an old Washington trick. It doesn't fool us, of course. Those coffins coming off that plane, remember? And Joe couldn't even get this part right. He was supposed to be the empathizer in chief. Couldn't wait to get out of there. Checking his watch. Remember that move? Well, the defeat in Afghanistan changed the world. It so diminished our standing in the world, our credibility. Many believe, many strategic experts believe the Afghanistan loss encouraged Russia to invade Ukraine. They saw, they saw the world differently. And they certainly saw Joe Biden differently. He's no Donald Trump. Most Americans believe that if Trump were in office, the Russians never would have invaded Ukraine. And other things happened. The China balloon. Okay. You think they would have? It all started. It all started with the Biden administration. The weakness. The weakness. Um, and now we're kind of on pins and needles about China potentially invading Taiwan. I mean, why not? Why not do it now? They're not going to wait until Trump shows up. Hmm? This might be their opportunity. God, I hope not. We'll be right back. No matter who rejects you, you have been accepted by God through his son, Jesus Christ. Don't let anyone ever make you feel like a failure, make you feel less. The devil is a liar. Wow, that is Pastor Paula White Kane, personal minister and spiritual advisor to President Donald J. Trump. 
She is the president of Paula White Ministries, a global media ministry. It's devoted to spreading the gospel of Christ around the world. Uh, Pastor Paula White Kane, welcome back. How are you? I am so good, Greg. It is an honor to be with you and everyone listening. We've just finished our uh, Great Friday service, which was phenomenal. Beautiful, beautiful. Hey, for a moment, you know, sometimes people, when they think of Christianity, I'm talking about, I don't know, maybe people, young people or whatever, they, they see it as, oh, that's, that's not going to be much fun. That's a lot of rules. It's a lot of this. It's a lot of that. Can you talk about the benefits of Christianity for a little bit? I would love to. Uh, the benefit is this exact opposite. It's liberty. It's freedom. It's life. The Bible says that we were all born into sin, and sin means to miss the mark. We all have this struggle. We all try to find our way through, and we've all fallen short. But when Jesus Christ gave his life and died on the old rugged cross, was buried in that borrowed tomb, but rose again on the third day, he came to give me life and life more abundantly. You know, Greg, when we were at these all-time high suicide rates, drug overdose, um, detachment, worry, anxiety, all the, the ills of society and the ills of our soul that we're seeing. One of the great benefits of the cross and of the resurrection is it gives us hope. The Bible declares that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead now lives on the inside of us. So when you think about that, because it looked gloomy on that Friday, it did not look good. I mean, when you think about our emblem of Christianity is a cross. It's not a crown. It's not a kingdom. It's a cross. It's still the emblem of suffering and shame. But it is the power of that cross because the Bible says that it's foolishness to the world, but it's the power of God to those of us who believe. And it's that power that got Jesus up. And because he got up, we can get up. And maybe you're in depression right now. Maybe your relationship looks like it's over. Maybe you've just gone through a divorce. Maybe you've lost your job or you've gotten a report from a doctor who says there's no there's no possibility. You're not going to live beyond three months. But, you know, that power of God can heal deliver, set you free, restore you, give you hope. And that's one of the great benefits. I mean, we start talking benefits, Greg. I'd, I'd need to be with you for an hour or so. Um, it, would, it breaks the power of our flesh. It gives us continual forgiveness. It's not like a one-time get it right. It's a God that loves us so much with an everlasting love that if I fall down seven times, I'll keep getting back up continual benefits of the cross and the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And I'm sorry, I only have 15 seconds left. For somebody who's on the fence or hasn't, is not a believer uh, or is a believer, they feel like they've lost their way, what's the first thing they should do? How do they get back involved? Yeah. How do they get close to God? Just cry out to him. As simple as it sounds, he says, uh, seek and you'll find, knock and the door will be answered. He says, ask and you'll receive, Matthew 7, 7. And just ask God, say, God, I need you. And with that simple prayer, you know, the, the prayer of confession is, I receive you, Lord Jesus Christ, and believe that you were raised from the dead. But just say, God, I need you. That's how simple it is, Greg. He's right there. Absolutely. Pastor Paula White Kane. Let's do this more often, if you don't mind. And uh, I'd love to. It's, it's, it's good to see you again. Uh, by the way, she's on Twitter at Paula underscore White and uh, all the information there. And what's your website, by the way? PaulaWhite.org. PaulaWhite.org, of course. All right. Thank you so much. To be continued, have a great Easter, and we'll be right back. News breaks. 
every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere. Have you answered the poll? Have you done it yet? you got to text the word Trump or the name Trump, of course, to 39747, a series of questions. We'd so appreciate it. The results will be fascinating, I'm sure. And thank you so much for watching, and I'll be back next week.